Good morning, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving weekend. And I hope you're having a good one so far. I uh, am proud to have you listening this morning. Hope you'll uh, be proud that you made the decision to listen. We're having some electronic problems. Guess what's not new? Here we are again, and uh, problems, uh, I don't know where they are. They're out in the microsphere somewhere. My uh, equipment at my uh, home studio working just fine. All the meters are working. Everything's fine. Jared says, in the studio, everything's fine. But our two computers are not uh, not talking to each other. So our phones are. So I am on the phone and talking to you right now. Love to hear from you. I need some phone calls, and it may be harder than ever to get phone calls today now. Let's uh, see how that works. 888-256-1080. Amarillo, give us a call, won't you please? Uh, Victoria, Corpus Christi, Bryan College Station, Crockett, Madisonville, anywhere in between, Big Spring, uh, Brownwood, give us a call, 888-256-1080, San Angelo. Oh, I'd love to hear from you. Anywhere along the Red River, we broadcast all across the great state of Texas, and this is your chance to give us a call. Really need some calls right now. Fill up those phone lines. I'm using one of the lines. We have three others available to you. So call right now, and uh, let's talk gardening. That's indeed what we're talking about. Might want to Might want to tell you that, don't you think? Let's talk gardening. The plants at your place, it's uh, urban horticulture. I don't uh, talk about goats and sheep and, and chickens and things of that sort. I guess in a, a kind of a, an off uh, sort of way, those are parts of some urban landscapes, but not normally. Uh, I talk about your vegetable garden, your flower beds, what would look good in the uh, wintertime and, and uh, what didn't look good in the summertime. I'll be more than happy to... Uh, uh, talk about it. Uh, so give us a call, please. I have spent this morning for a couple of hours doing some research on rose rosette virus. Not my favorite topic because it means that roses are struggling. Uh, that's going to be in uh, my eGardens electronic newsletter next weekend and and or next uh, Thursday. I'm sorry. I wanted to get a little bit of homework on that before I write it sometime in the next few days. Doug, you're a wonderful guy to start uh, calling so early. Thank you for that. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. We also can talk about uh, uh, the uh, any of the houseplants you might want to talk about. We can talk about poinsettias and uh, any of the Christmas flowers. I'd love to talk. I'm just made to talk today. So pick up that phone one last time. Let me give you the number to call. It is 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. We're live right here a couple days after Thanksgiving. Simple as that. Give us a call. Let me tell you about my book offer. It is Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. This is a book that I wrote uh, to um, for you to find useful all over the great state of Texas. You say, well, Neil, you wrote the complete guide to Texas gardening. What more is there to write? Well, there's a lot to write because the um, editorial staff at the publishing house put me in with a bunch of committee members who really were not active gardeners. and They did a wonderful job, but I had to fight for a lot of things to get included in that book, and a lot of things got left out. And that's the way it is when you work with a publisher. They are uh, very interested, as they need to be, in the uh, bottom line of the book, and they don't uh, give you a lot of of, uh, discussion room for things that you feel are really important if they take any amount of space in their book. 
and uh, it is their book after all. They're paying the bill. I decided on this one I would self-publish and hire my own editor, my own graphic designer, uh, Carolyn Skye and Cindy Smith, respectively. They are dear friends, and uh, we worked for a whole year on this book, and I enjoyed it very much. They have said, at least to me, that they enjoyed it a great deal as well. 344 pages, 840 of my photographs. I enjoyed it a lot, and uh, it covers every aspect of gardening for every county in the state of Texas. So if you want to give it as a Christmas gift, you know that it will be well-received anywhere in Texas, southern Oklahoma, I might add, as well. It covers uh, uh, the first chapter is about uh, the basics of gardening in Texas. Chapter two is a 48-page calendar covering when to plant, prune, fertilize, and protect all the plants that you're trying to grow. I've never put that in in a book before. And then chapters three through 11 are trees. Shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, those are long chapters. Uh, Also lawns, that's long. Fruit and vegetables, those are long. Lots of detail in this book. Now, the book is not in stores and it's not on Amazon because I wanted to be able to sign every copy as it sells. And I've been doing that, 84,000 copies I've signed. I was busy signing last night and the night before, for that matter. And I'd be happy to sign one for you. It, uh, I'll get it in the, in the mail as quickly as possible. I have them in the garage. We've taken the next-to-last delivery of the sixth printing. That might be the last printing that I will do of this book, uh, just uh, because we printed a good many, and I want to get them sold. I've marked the price down to thirty-four ninety-five to help you and to get some cash flow for me for some things I have going on. And uh, so if you're interested, <clears throat> I am too, and I have my pens ready to sign. The two ways you can order the book, you order it from my office either way. One is to call my office Monday through Friday. The office will reopen on Monday morning uh, at 9 o'clock, 9 to 5. The phone number is 800-752-GROW, 800-752-4769. The other way, the better way, is to order it right now from my website at neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. It's Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening Satisfaction Guaranteed or a full refund. No one has asked for any money back on the 84,000 copies so far. Order Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening at neilsperry.com. Let me tell you right now about the Texas Certified and Master Certified Nursery Professionals who are probably right down the street from your house. You'll find them at member nurseries of the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association, one of the strongest trade organizations in America. These are men and women who have banded together decades ago to ensure that Texas gardeners will have the best plants, the best products, and the best service that any industry can possibly provide. Shop where you see the name badges and the emblems of landscape uh, uh, certified landscape professionals and certified nursery professionals. They have studied long and hard hours. They have passed really difficult exams that tell you that they know what they're doing. They know what they're talking about. Their advice is timely, and it's reliable. And you're more than most likely to find them at local, independent retail garden centers in your town. For the kind of professional help that you want and deserve, support your local certified nursery professional and certified landscape professional, and that would be at a member nursery of the Great Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. 
That's landscapetexas.org online. Look for them. Texas Certified and Master Certified Nursery Professionals. I'll have more after this message. Thank you, Kelly, very, very much. Kelly Robinson there, just talking about Kelly. Been friends a long, long time. Uh, again, I have one line open if you'd like to call right now, just one. 888-256-1080. Our first call today is Doug at Lake Meredith. Doug, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. The question I have for you this morning is uh, I'm thinking about digging up a cu- couple of small uh, wild cedar trees and transplanting them into my yard, which is going to be a lot sandier soil than, than where they're growing. Um, I was wondering... Is there some kind of special fertilizer, or will it even work? Because it seems to me like where these trees grow, it's more of a rocky soil and, you know, kind of a red dirt, um, maybe some kind of yellow dirt and stuff where they grow. And that, that's kind of what I'm wondering, if it would even work, uh, maybe what I need to put there for a fertilizer with them. You're talking about a, a native juniper, native cedar? Yes, sir. They're growing there not? Yeah, not something that's in a landscape somewhere that somebody yeah, has you won't find planted. Them. Yeah, you won't find them on the hilly soil. You know, it's more in the breaks where the you know canyons have got some rock showing and and that kind right. of soil. Gotcha. No, I think they'll transplant and do all right for you. Um, they're they're um, uh, if we're talking about the same group of plants, they're junipers, and uh, junipers are really happy to have a chance to grow anywhere. They're just very adaptable. Um, and you said the magic word in your first sentence, and that is small. That's the secret in, in uh, success uh, in transplanting junipers. So many people want to get big ones that are life-size. You know, they, they they can just see that thing in their yard right now. And when you go small, they take off and, and grow so much more quickly if you start with one that's knee-high as opposed to one that's as tall as you are or taller. Um, you'll get one that's 12 feet tall faster from, from an, one that's knee high than you will from one that's six feet tall. So, and this is the time to do it. Um, as soon as you've had a hard freeze, you, you probably haven't yet, but, but in the next couple of weeks, you will three or four weeks. And, and that would be the time to make the move. Try to hold the soil around the roots. If you can, uh, hopefully the soil isn't so rocky where, where it's growing now, where they're growing now. And I'd use a sharpshooter spade. I have dug. I can't say hundreds of them, but I've dug scores of them, and and I've, gosh, I think I've had success of probably eighty or ninety percent, probably ninety percent. Very good, and they are small trees. They're the tallest one that I've got picked out. It's about a foot and a half tall, and it's a uh, absolutely perfect. Yeah, yeah. We the have red cedars where I live. Yeah, well, and that that should be okay. And and if you find that the soil falls away from their roots then go smaller, get, get smaller trees. If they're, if they're going to be bare-rooted, it's important to go smaller uh, just okay. because it's, it's more of a disturbance. We have eastern red cedar in my part of, of Texas, and the, it's Juniperus virginiana, and the farmers hate it because it comes up in their fields and, and they have to get rid of it. And it's not a big issue to get rid of it, but it's just out there. And, uh, yeah. and uh, we live out in the country, and I had an older neighbor. He's long gone now, but I went down to see Stokely, and I, I said I'd like this as many years ago. It's 30 years ago. I said I'd like to buy some eastern red cedars from you, some of the, the cedar trees out there. 
in your field. He was retired by then. He didn't, didn't have any use for it, and he only had about 10 acres. So, could I pay you a dollar a tree for him, and I dig them? And he looked at me like, I was crazy. Why would you buy those things? <laughs> and and uh, so I did that. And then when we when we bought our property in 1970, I asked our neighbor across the road who had a brush hog to, to mow it. And, and, oh, whatever you do, leave the red cedars. And he gave me the same look, you know, that, that, that a lot of people don't yeah. have the appreciation you and I do. You'll do fine with them. Make sure you water okay. them very regularly in that sandy soil in the new location. That's going to be your challenge. They'll need water right. uh, to get started probably yeah. a couple times a week that first year. Yeah, and I do have a good water system in. So, um, But what do you recommend on a fertilizer or do anything like that yet or give it a little growing time first? Well, I'd get them established first. You can fertilize them next year if you want to, but I'd go light on it. And they need nitrogen. Okay. That's that's what it takes. You, you'll need a – it wouldn't hurt to put something that has a little bit of phosphorus, the middle number. But uh, the soil testing lab at A&M warns us not to use too much phosphorus because it accumulates in our soils. Now, you said you're going to a sandy soil, and that's not going to yeah. accumulate phosphorus as quickly as the clay would if they were left where they are. Uh, so right. uh, you'll, you'll, you can use a root stimulator, a liquid root stimulator, when you plant them and then maybe once or twice in, in the late winter and spring. But soon, by mm-hmm. late spring, you could use a, a lawn fertilizer, something you'd use on your turf grass. But I'd go very sparingly the first year until they're established. After that, just uh, Katie bar the door. They'll they'll take off. And very good. You got you answered everything I needed. All right. Well, good deal. Have fun with it. They're gonna be they're gonna be beautiful. Okay. Nice job. Thank, All right. Thank you very much. See you soon. Uh huh. Bye bye. All right. I hope I didn't lose my next call. Jim in uh, where was he? Corpus Christi. Talk too long on that one, Jim. If you'll call back, I'll get you right on. You were next up, and I was going to you right now. That's how close it was. I saw him there just maybe 20 seconds ago. Let me take a break in the hopes that he will come back. And if not, we'll get somebody else. I need some calls right now. 888-256-1080. Said he had patches in his grass, and I need to know what kind of patches. I can help. I have a hunch, but I don't want to answer hunches. That's never successful. Well, not usually. 888-256-1080. Call now. Let me tell you about the Fertilone people. Fall feeding is one of the most critical feedings for your lawn. Now, that uh, would be true along the coast uh, if you have warm season grasses, and it certainly would be true for cool season grasses like ryegrass and fescue anywhere in Texas, fescue in the Panhandle and along the Red River, and ryegrass anywhere in Texas for winter color, uh, winter greenery. Those lawns, if you aren't familiar with uh, fescue especially, uh, stays green in the wintertime. It, uh, it's a cool season grass. It grows now. And uh, this is a wonderful fertilizer made by people who are pretty wonderful themselves right here in Texas. It's a 10-0-14 analysis, and it is formulated to convert quickly and easily into stored nutrition to feed your lawn throughout the harsh winter months and into the spring for that quick spring green up. Now, you see the 10-0-14, you see that zero, that's what I'm talking about that the soil testing labs at uh, Texas A&M have told us we don't need to be adding phosphorus time after time after time to our lawns. Fertilone Winterizer builds winter hardiness and stem strength and disease resistance in our lawns, and it has our lawns ready for the spring 
ahead. It's safe on all types of lawns. Just water it in after you apply it and stand back and, and watch it do its magic. Yards fed with Fertilone Winterizer in the fall are the first to look spectacular late winter and early spring. That's Fertilone Winterizer for established lawns. It can be found at independently owned garden centers, feed stores, and nurseries all over Texas. You're going to find it where, where you see independent retail businesses. They deal with independent businesses, not the big national box stores. They are all about independent businesses. I kind of get that myself. I understand. That's Fertilome Winterizer Fall and Winterizer Fertilizer from Fertilome. I'll have more after these messages. Hi, Kelly. Thank you very much. Um, I am broadcasting over my phone uh, for the simple reason that we don't have the electronics figured out yet. Uh, <laughs> so I hope you'll call. We have 30 stations that carry this program, and, and more and more of them now are, are rejoining us after the high school football season has passed and also the college season that uh, sometimes starts at 11 on, on Saturdays uh, has, uh, has wound down. Uh, for the most part, and so as a result, or will today, we uh, have a, a full complement of stations carrying us, so that helps. Uh, it will be easier for you to get through today than almost any other day um, for a long time, so I hope you will give us a call right now. Jared Taylor is running the boards and answering the phones, including my call in, saying, hey, I can't hear anything, and so he said, well, let's do it on the phone again, 888 256 1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. What did we do before cell phones? 888-256-1080. Give us a call right now. Won't you please? I need some some real honest-to-goodness calls. I had a real honest-to-goodness call just a moment ago, and it was from a Jim. I think uh, I just wrote CC, and I only abbreviate Corpus Christi that way, so I'm pretty sure the story was. And I wrote down patches in the grass. I keep a, a record of all of the calls that I've taken. I've been doing that all of my career. And there are several notebooks as a result. Um, I'll bet he's talking about brown patch in St. Augustine because that is the predominant uh, turf grass in in, uh, in, Brown, in Brownsville and Corpus Christi. And uh, this time of year, now that it's turned cooler and uh, we've had some moisture, um, Brown patch shows up. It's also called large patch by the plant pathologists who are not comfortable in leaving a name alone. I don't get it. Uh, it's not doesn't make large patches. Oh my! Another crusade for another time. But anyway, I, I'm going to stick with the old name because people still use it more. Brown patch starts out with patches that are about uh, oh eighteen or twenty twenty four inches across. And you'll see yellowed areas that look like you laid a garbage can lid down on the lawn and, and picked it up a day later. And and the, the grass within that area turns yellow. And then within three or four days, it turns brown. The blades pull loose easily from the runners. You, you give them a gentle tug and they come loose easily. The runners look great. The blades don't. Uh, it's only the blades that are impacted. And there's only, well, it's not only on St. Augustine. You'll see it on Zoysia and Fescue also. But anyway, back to the symptoms. When you look at the blades, right where they attach to the runners in St. Augustine, that's where you'll see the, the effect of the disease. 
they will be rotted there, and that's uh, that's evidence of the brown patch fungus. Um, I kind of gave a hint as to the nature of its damage because it only attacks the blades. It's not going to kill the lawn, but it does weaken those areas, and you can see where the brown patch has been all through the winter. If your lawn goes brown, those areas will be a different color, brown from uh, cold, from freeze damage or freeze, you know, having hit the lawn. Um, you'll be able to tell where the brown patch has been. Uh, then in the uh, spring, if you've had significant damage to the lawn from cold, uh, and that's not going to happen in Corpus Christi, but it could happen, for example, in Waco or, or Dallas-Fort Worth or Abilene, uh, if that happens, then uh, those areas are more vulnerable to freeze, kill out, die out than the areas that are, are healthy. And you don't want your lawn to look like it has the measles anyway or mange. And so treating with azoxystrobin, A-Z-O-X-Y-S-T-R-O-B-I-N, that's the same ingredient that kills, uh, controls gray leaf spot in the summer, and um, the uh, take-all root rot on, on St. Augustine in the spring and on other grasses in the spring. So it's uh, basically the only way it's sold still, I think, is Scott's Halts. It may be in other products, but uh, last time I checked, it was only in that one product at the consumer level. So that's brown patch, and you don't want to water in the evening. Um and uh, you'd certainly want to keep leaves picked up off the lawn because they keep the humidity up there beneath them, and and they, that would foster a lot more brown patch. All right, what more do we need to talk about? Uh, phone number, if you'd like to call, 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour, 888-256-1080. This is the time of year that you need to tidy up your perennial garden and uh, I would suggest as you cut the old dead leaves and flower stalks and things off, run them through the mower and put them in the compost pile. Don't just send all that stuff out to the out to the landfill. The people who run the landfills, you probably are hearing more and more about this. Uh, there was a time I was involved in a landfill committee. It was a highlight of my life, um, but it needs to be done. And I got asked to help and. I found out how how fast landfills fill, and a lot of it is yard waste, just grass clippings and tree leaves and things like that. And I thought that's not that doesn't make sense because we ought to be putting that back on our own lawns. We spend a lot of money on fertilizer, and then we uh, and then we just throw it away with the grass clippings. We shouldn't be doing that, and. Uh, so it makes a, makes good sense to put it back into the compost pile or to mulch the clippings most of the year, maybe not when the tree leaves are three inches thick on top of the lawn. For those two or three weeks, maybe we ought to take the leaves over to the side of the yard and, and mulch them and, and put those in the compost pile or use them as a mulch in a perennial garden or in a, a shrub bed or something. But anyway, you get my point. Use your own yard waste in your own landscape, and you'll save yourself a bunch of money and save your landfill. You won't have to pass bond issues as as uh, often uh, to open up new landfills, and you won't have to go through all of that uh, public uh, hearing thing that takes weeks sometimes. 
So anyway, all right, we will uh, come back to phone calls. We have Dennis Namarillo, and we'll get to him in just a moment. Dennis, you stay with me, please. He has uh, problems with buffalo grass, and I will sure help him. I need to get a break in right now, though. I'm talking myself right up to that. It's for Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening, and uh, I uh, would love to get one to a recipient on your gift list. Uh, we've had several people who have bought multiple and had me ship them across the state of Texas. This is a book that is 344 pages in length, and that gave me a lot of room to write a lot of things that are very important. One of the things I've put in this book is a lot of lists to help people know the, the best trees for fall color or the best trees for spring flowering color, for example, or uh, the best shrubs that have fruit. Um, uh, the best crepe myrtles, all crepe myrtles for that matter, all the 125 varieties of crepe myrtles and how tall they grow and how we would rank them and rate them and, and so forth, and uh, uh, all the best 100 annuals and 120 perennials, and things of that sort. So that kind of list. Uh, the 11 chapters cover everything. Let me just go through that list again for you because there's a whole chapter that took me a month to write on each one of these topics, Basics of Gardening in Texas. And that is uh, the um, hardiness zone maps, the soil types of Texas, rainfall areas of Texas, so forth, uh, that you have to know for all of the rest of the chapters. Chapter two is the calendar telling you when to perform almost every garden task you could possibly want to do. Neil, when should I do this or that? It's all there. Then chapters 3 through 11 are trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. That's how complete this book is. It's a Lone Star Gardening. You will not find it in stores, and you will not find it on Amazon. I chose when I self-published it to sell it myself through my office and through my website. And that's it. And the reason I did that was I wanted to be able to sign them and I also wanted to keep the price as low as I could and keep those middle people out of the, out of the mix uh, just so that I could give you more book, more photos, 840 photos, 344 pages of hardback. I could give you all that and keep the price as low as possible, just $34.95. $34.95 for a hardback with all that in it. And the way that you order it is by go to my website or you call my office. I sign your copy and mail it to you, and I can do it still for Christmas if you get your order in quickly. That's Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. My phone number for my office, 800-752-GROW. That's weekdays, business hours. 800-752-4769. The better way that you can do right now is to order it online at neilsperry.com, N E I L. S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. I'll be back with more after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very much. Let's give that number one more time. We're going to Dennis and Amarillo, and then after Dennis, we would be going to you. And uh, so simple as that, 888-256-1080. But you got to call that number. I'm not making random calls out. Uh, you have to call us. 888-256-1080. Dennis, this is Neil. Thank you for waiting. How are things in Amarillo? No, wet and cold. Wet and cold. That's a good thing. You're not complaining it, about it wet, is. are you? 
No, sir. No, sir. How can hey, I, I help? Just say thanks for your program, too. I listen to it when I can. Um, I've got buffalo grass, had some fungus a couple years ago, got that under control. But now I've got these spots in my buffalo grass, and I was just wondering if I should try to grow buffalo grass or supplement it with some rye or something like that. And one more question. I've got pig weed on the corners of it, on the outside growth. What can I use as a pre-emergent on that? And that's all I got. Okay, well, don't leave. Just stay there, and we'll talk about it a little bit. Um, let me handle the uh, pigweed first because um, uh, it is a broadleaf weed, and so you would use a product called Gallery as your pre-emergent. Um, if you have very much of it, it's going to be kind of expensive to, to do it. Um, how large an area are you talking about? No, it's probably no quarter acre that I need to do that on. Yeah, that's that's going to be prohibitive in cost. Um, buffalo grass, if it is doing well, will crowd out weeds. It shouldn't. Uh, um, you talking about a gray green weed that gets up a uh, foot tall or, or taller? Well, it's more green with a real brushy. I was told it was pigweed, real brushy stock that grows straight up. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think I was wrong in my description. I was thinking something else. Um, frequent mowing will discourage that. That'll keep it from being able to set seed and and come back year after year. You can use a broadleaf weed killer, a two four D product, two comma four hyphen D. And that yeah, will um, spring speed zone on it. It works good, but I can't. It's it's just hard to control in that area. It doesn't get enough rain to crowd it out out there. I don't have that. Right, part I understand. Of yeah, I understand. Um, the two four D is going to be your best bet if you can get it when it's growing actively. Uh, generally, that means when the plants are young, when they're first yes, sir. growing. Yes. Sir. There's no there's no pre-emergent that's going to be any better and 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 the gallery is um, is the best pre-emergent for broadleaf weeds. I would suggest you get to a, a farm supply store and ask them if they have something for a large area. I, that almost gets into a small uh, farmstead kind of a, a product line, and I'm not I'm not well versed in that. That's that's a different class of products. And I think they can help you more on that one than I can. But uh, if it were mine, I would I would try the the technique of mowing more often and uh, staying with it on the broadleaf weed killer. You might also want to watch to see if your broadleaf. I'd be sure that when you spray that you're using a, a fairly fine droplet size, almost a mist, and uh, that it's coating the leaves and not beating up and rolling off. That can happen sometimes. Let me get on to the other question you had. You had, uh, what was the first thing you said? Um, I have buffalo grass with patches that I need to fill in with some kind of grass. Okay. Uh, what is causing them to be thin in those areas? Is it shaded? Well, I had I had a fungus two years ago, and it, I've, I'm self-employed and just got too busy to pay attention, and it got... No, like I'd say one-eighth of the area, but it's all in patches. 
Did you have the fungus identified for you? No, I, I, I did not. I did not. I really would. I really would have that done if any of it shows up this next year. Um, to be candid, buffalo grass did not catch on like a lot of people expected it to as a turf grass because it was it's it's not aggressive enough and uh, Bermuda and other grasses crowded it out. It it didn't have the the arm power, the the fighting power to to take over. It was the weak sister and and uh, uh, I shouldn't use that term. Probably it's there's a uh, but anyway. Uh, it, it got bullied around, and, and most lawns that were planted with buffalo grass ended up being Bermuda grass, as it turned out. I had a friend in Odessa. I asked her, How, how's, this is 15 or 18 years ago, how's buffalo grass doing as a turf grass for you all? And she said, we can't keep the Bermuda out, and, and we're not even recommending it anymore. And I had the same experience in McKinney, where I live. I had a quarter acre of buffalo grass sod planted, and as a gift, they wanted me to try it. And I, I couldn't even find the buffalo grass two years later. It was all Bermuda by then. Um, I would uh, I would try to get buffalo grass in that area if I were you, Dennis. I think if you try to mix something else in, I think you're just asking for, for trouble. Now, that doesn't help you during the winter if you're trying to keep mud from being tracked. Uh, ryegrass could do that. But as soon as you plant ryegrass as far north as you are, it's not going to die out as quickly as you'll want it to, and it's going to compete with the buffalo grass in in April and May, and uh, and weaken the buffalo grass more. I don't think you want to have those two things trying to grow in the same ground at the same time. Okay, that's that's good uh, knowledge to have. Yeah, I just don't think you want to try to overseed buffalo grass. It it struggles enough without without the additional help. <laughs> I okay. uh, my dad my dad was uh, you may have heard me say this before and tell this story, but my dad for twenty seven years was uh, a range management specialist with Texas A and M, and I traveled with him when I was a, a young kid. I loved going out to West Texas with him, and I already was interested in plants, and uh, but in in cultivated plants and i'd ask him what is that grass that's growing there alongside the highway and he would tell me it's buffalo grass I said, why couldn't that be used as a lawn grass look there's nothing growing in it and he said i don't know makes good sense and uh it would be always right along the, the pavement and i came to find out I, I realized as an adult that that's where the runoff from the rainfall would go it'd go over to the to the rocky side of the road and so the buffalo grass would get enough moisture there that it, it could grow and thrive. And farther away, it didn't. And that's why you didn't see it on the hillsides any better than it was. Uh, and it made such a dense turf that nothing invaded it. Um, but as soon as we tried it in a home lawn, uh, it, it got tall, it got thin, um, and, and weeds invaded. And like I say, the Bermuda grass and the other things. And uh, so it, it became a real problem. I would uh, I would try to keep buffalo grass there uh, and and just not bring on any other troubles. Okay, that's the best that's advice good. I have for you. I, I think I've covered it. I probably have told you more than I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that you answered my question. I appreciate it, Neil. All right, have a great day. I appreciate you the call. Can. Have a good one. Thank you, Dennis. Bye bye.
Yeah, it's um, it looks like it would make a beautiful turf grass. It's the only turf grass that we use at all in uh, in North America that is native to North America. Even Kentucky bluegrass is from Europe. I was amazed to find that out. And Bermuda and St. Augustine both came in from from uh, subtropical areas. So let me get my last break out of the way, and then we'll finish out the program. Tell you about Neil Spears eGardens. It's my free electronic newsletter. It comes from my computer to your email Thursdays, a little after 6 p.m. There always are five stories. One of the stories will be a featured plant of the week. One of the stories will be gardening this weekend, where I point out the things you need to get done that weekend, and I answer your garden questions uh, that you send in. And those are the five, uh, three of the five stories. There will be another two stories. A lot of times it would be written by somebody else, one of those, a guest writer, and then something else of current interest. If you want to see what eGardens looks like, go to my website. That's where you sign up for it. Like I say, it's free and always will be. I'll never spam you. I'll never give or sell your email address to anybody. We are, uh, let's see, what is it? We are about uh, six or seven weeks away, I think, from a finishing up our 20th year of eGardens, and uh, that's how long it's been out. And I've never had a complaint from anybody about being spammed. So I, I think you can trust eGardens. Oh, we'd love to have you there as a subscriber. Take a look at the issue that's up currently, and you'll see what I'm talking about. It's a, it's a good publication, and uh, we address, I want it to be like an old-fashioned garden section where you could pick it up uh, in the newspaper and look at it and learn about what's going on this weekend in your landscape and garden. Neil Spray's eGardens. The current sample is available right where you sign up for it at Neil Sperry, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. And that's where you buy my book as well, neilsperry.com. The Texas Nursery and Landscape Association has their certification program. And that's where you find Texas certified and Texas master certified nursery professionals. The best in the business, best trained with the best products and certainly the best knowledge. Texas Certified and Texas Master Certified Nursery Professionals available to you at member nurseries of the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. We'll have more after this message. Thank you, Kelly, very much. Well, this wraps up the Thanksgiving weekend version of this program. We're here every Saturday a little after 11 and uh, up to a little before 12. I always try to... um, bring you things that are very timely for that uh, weekend because I, I just don't like to do this program recorded. It's a lot easier to do it live. And so mark it on your calendar to join us live each weekend. Save up your questions. Give me a call. I'd love to hear from you. And uh, this is fun to do. I've been doing this program, this particular program, about 36 years now, I think. Something like that. It might turn into a pretty nice Saturday uh, habit uh, if uh, if I keep doing it a little longer. Uh, there are lots of things you need to do in your landscape and garden, even though the growing season is winding down. The gardening season is hale and hearty right now. Get those bulbs planted soon. Uh, even the uh, tulips and, and uh, hyacinths that you've had chilling another week or two, and they can be planted. All the others can be planted right now. Uh, your pansies certainly can be planted right now. Lots of great things. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the Thanksgiving weekend. To Jared Taylor, who has run this program for me, thank you, Jared, very much. Have a great one. Be safe. And until next week, happy gardening.